This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Friday afternoon on a beautiful day here in Johannesburg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so nice to have each and every one of you with us as part of our radio family on our Baruch Hashem weekly weekly get-together. I hope you had a wonderful and successful week. Kind of Purim is already uh, forgotten, and uh, we're kind of in the ascent for Chag Pesach. This week is already Shabbos Mavorchem. It's the week in which we announce the herald and herald the coming of Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Rosh Chodesh Nisan, please God, will be next next Shabbos next week on on Shabbos. But this week is also a very special. Shabbos, it's the, besides being Pashat Bayakal Pakude, the culmination of the book of Shemot, and we get the chance to say Chazak, Chazak, to give ourselves a, an injection, to give ourselves the encouragement to, to carry on as we complete the, the book of, of, of Shemot. Uh, it's also the third of the very special uh, uh, readings that we read leading up to to Pesach. It's a Pashat Para, uh, where we read about the laws of the Paraduma of the red uh, red cow that needed to be processed and prepared so that the Jews who might have become defiled through some contact with dead bodies, but now needed to purify themselves so that they would be able to perform and carry out all the rites and rituals. Of, of the Pesach, including especially the, the Korban Pesach, a special Paschal lamb that will be brought as part of the ceremony, both in Egypt and then later on in, in Israel, certainly in the time of the, of the Beit, uh, of the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, so, so we, yeah, we, the, the, the excitement is already building up where, where we're getting there. As I say, Rosh Chodesh will be, Next, uh, next, next Shabbos. Just a, a couple of perhaps brief comments on Bayakal Pakude. Maybe you have two parshiots. Maybe we'll just say something uh, brief about uh, each one of them. And again, maybe something that one can share uh, with one's own family at the at the Shabbos table, which of course is really the the point of it, it's to say some words that will get into your mind, get you thinking, and and have you want to share it. Actually, someone phoned me last week and said that uh, they do, or certainly what they, well, what we spoke about last week. They they uh, were tuned in and heard it, and they shared it with their with their family at their Shabbat table, and it became a, a point of discussion. And that's that's wonderful. That's really what it's all. What it's all about. It's not just to pontificate. It's not just to sort of uh, uh, be able to say that one said, but to somehow get us thinking, get us uh, get us inspired to want to to want to uh, perhaps change the way we we do things a little bit in our uh, in our uh, our life. Um, so let's 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 just say as as follows. Um, we're learning this week is kind of the culmination of the discussion about the construction of the Mishkan in these week's Pasha, the Bayakal Bakud, that we read about the actual construction up till now. Truma Tetzaveh Moshe was commanding the Jews and telling them, this is what you must do, this is how you must build a Mishkan, this is how you must con- uh, uh, 
construct the, the clothing of the Kohen Gadol. So in Vayakal, we have the actualization of the building of the, uh, of the Mishkan and the manufacture of the clothing of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, of the Kohen Gadol. But again, the, the Torah begins by going through the whole process and, and, and telling us how in fact the Jews, Jews, uh, donated to the building of the Beit HaMikdash and the, the expressions who of, of those who actually gave money and made donations to the Mishkan, the Torah says, they're called Kol Nidiv Lev. Uh, all those Nidiv, all those who uh, donated, who gave, but then it used the word Lev. They gave with their heart which is an interesting expression. What does it mean? So, so the rabbis, the Chazal, explain this pasuk, that when a person wants to give, when a person is thinking, is planning to give uh, uh, money, but, uh, and, and, and he wants to give it, let's say, to a holy cause, well, just for the want of a good example, in the time of the existence of the Beis Hamikdash, he'd like to make a donation to to Hekdash to the actual uh, Beit Hamikdash uh, uh, treasury. So, the very fact that a person even wants to and decides in his heart that he wants to give such a donation to Hekdash, that actually already creates. A real, a real obligation. The fact that he's decided to do something, that already means he has to, he has to do it. If a person even has a, a, a thought in his, in his, in his mind, he, he's, he's thinking about, uh, uh, doing such a thing. And that's very different. You know, if someone would think to, to give me, to me, give me a gift, right? He thought about it in his mind. So that doesn't create any obligation, any obligation at all. And, you know, at the drop of a head, you can change your mind and decide, and decide not to give another person another person a gift. But when we're talking about a donation being given to Hashem to a godly cause to Hekdish, so the moment it's in a div lave, the moment your heart has decided, your heart has come come to a conclusion that you want to do something for for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so that already has a a the, the status. Of the, of an adava that you've already given it, you've already uh, 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 donated it. That, uh, in fact, that that's uh, actually already written in the in the uh, in the Gemara. The Gemara in the end of of Marcus, on the last page of of Marcus, uh, uh, says about Rav Safra. Uh, Rashi, in fact, uh, uh, brings brings around it. That uh, it says there that uh, I think it's brought down in the in the uh, in the shultas of of Rav Hai that uh, it once happened with Rav uh, Safra that he had an item that he wanted to to sell and maybe he advertised and now someone came uh, to buy the item but when this person came Rav Safra was busy reading the the uh, the Krishna and the person says to him will you sell me the the object for such and such 
uh, an amount, and Rav Safra didn't respond to to what he was saying because he was busy saying Shmai. He was busy uh, uh, talking to the Rabbi Shalom, and he wasn't going to interrupt to to uh, answer this person. However, the the potential buyer construed the silence as disapproval. In other words, he thought Rav Safra wasn't uh, happy with the with the price, and uh, he therefore counter-offered and offered even uh, even more money and again was meant with silence and kept going up and going up until finally when uh, when Rav Safra was finished uh, uh, saying saying the Shema, so he said to him, "Look, uh, uh, take the object for what you originally offered me. I accept from you the very very first price, right? Why, why, why the first price? Why do you accept that? Because that was his undertaking, Balev. That was his undertaking in his." Uh, in his heart, he was ready when he heard the first offer. He was ready at that point already to to uh, to uh, to accept it. And in fact, he would have accepted it. The only problem was that he was uh, he uh, he was still saying Shema, so he had to be quiet. You couldn't he couldn't uh, respond. But at no point was he upset with the price, and he actually agreed to the to the uh, to the to the price. The Gemara comments uh, about Rav, Rav Safra. And, and applies to him the the pasuk of v'doyver emes bilvavoi. Literally, he speaks truth in in his heart, which means that the the emes that was in his heart, whatever he had undertaken to do, that's that's what he that's what he uh, what he uh, what he kept to, which is a tremendous tremendous level level of greatness. The moment in his heart he accepted something. He went with it and wasn't prepared to accept any any more more money. The the Maharsha there says something quite uh, quite amazing on this uh, on on this Gemara. You know, says when you when you when you learn this Gemara on on a, on a on a basic level, you get the impression that what are we learning about Rav Safa? What what's this the great ideal? That comes out from this particular behavior of Rav Safra was his his tremendously honed, his tremendously developed developed sense of truth, sense of sense of MS that he kept to his uh, to his uh, word. And once he said he was going to do it, right? That uh, this concept of Deva MS Belvave wants his heart. Once, uh, once, uh, once his heart had concluded that he was going to do something, that he was such a person that uh, for him, being emistic and, and, and keeping to his word was so important that his original undertaking in his heart to accept the first prize, that became for him his obligation and he wouldn't budge and he wouldn't budge, budge for it. However, the Maharsha learned slightly different. The Maharsha wants to learn that there's something else we could even learn from from uh, from Rav Safra. Says the 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 Maharsha quotes the the, the Mordechai, uh, who says 
that the very special mida, the very special quality of Rav Safra was something, something else entirely. What does he say? He says about about Rav uh, Rav Safra. He says, "Afla He says even when when dealing with a a regular person, that even when dealing with a normal person, whatever his original thought process was, he kept kedin as 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 would uh, as would apply to hektish. In, in in the same way, the, right? The dimachshava bilvat by by hekdesh. That says Maharsha that by hekdesh, as we said, the very very fact that a person has determined in his heart that he wants to make a donation or do something or 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 have some kind of dealing with hekdesh, that is considered already binding on on a person. Rav Safra was on such a level that. This kind of conduct didn't only operate when he was dealing with holy things. It operated with every interaction and every dealing he had with every single, with every single human being. That there wasn't uh, that, that, oh, yeah, with him I can negotiate, I can play. No, no, no. Uh-uh. Every head yet, every normal person that I have to deal with, I look at him as if he is hectic, as if he is a holy a holy entity. And when I make an agreement, when I when I say I'm gonna do something, it has the same binding effect on me as it would if I was actually dealing with with uh, with heck. You know, it's it's saying to us that Rav Safra was very, very different than than some of us. And some of us are, you know, when we, we have, we are very, very compartmentalized. You know, we have things that are kind of our, our mundane things, our kind of our devorum shell, shell choil that, that we do and we have certain ways of behaving ourselves. And, and there are other things that we have, uh, which are items of, of Kedusha. And we behave differently. You know, when we're doing when we're dealing with mundane kind of things, with with whole things, so we go with the normal, the normal practice of 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 chulun, of everyday activity. Yeah, everything is subject to to uh, to negotiation. Everything is subject to change. There's no there's no real hard and fast rules. Yeah, it's, it's the normal run in the mill kind of a uh, 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 mundane business environment. And but when we deal with matters of kedusha, so then. We we then follow the practices and and the rules of things that are that are that are kiddush. The chiddush that Rav Safra is telling us, says the Mahasha, was that he practiced in his entire life that everything he did, he saw as a davar shabbat He saw as being as being something something holy. Whatever he did, he saw it as part of his of his avodas uh, avodas Hashem. And then, uh, you know, we see, we see that the, uh, there is such a concept of living like that. The Gemara says the, uh, the Hasidim are showing them the great, great Jews of, uh, of, uh, former times and time of the Beit gosh, They would even eat, a, a regular mundane grain that was theirs that didn't have any 
holiness, they were careful to eat it in the, with the same rules and the same laws of, of, of purity as they would eat even, even teruma or, 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 or things that were, that were, uh, uh, uh sanctified. And that was even ordinary, ordinary foods. They treat it with the stringent laws, the strict laws of tumor and tyra, purity and imp- impurity, same as would apply to, uh, to holy things. Now, what does that mean? I mean, there really is no such thing as as uh, special laws of of uh, of tuma for 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 chulin, uh, and and surely the laws of of hektish apply to hektish and not to not to mundane mundane things. So, what does it mean that these great people, right, that they 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 uh, conducted themselves on such a level where even something that was mundane was was treated as if it was as if it was hectic. So I think that's exactly what uh, what it is uh, what it is we're saying that it's 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 an attitude that everything that a person that a person does so he acts as if this is a, a holy a holy matter, as if it's something that's uh, that's kodesh, something that's 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 sublime, something that's something that's uh, beautiful. That's that's what Rav Safra is is teaching us. Even in in his in his interpersonal relationships, even in his financial dealings with any person, with any customer, with any supplier, with anyone, he continued to conduct himself as if he was dealing with the highest authorities, as if he was dealing with, with hectish, with hectish it, uh, it, itself. So that's, uh, that's the concept of Nadiv Lev, where everything he did and, and everything he looked at, he looked at as being a, 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 a holy, a holy uh, item. There was, in fact, in his life, no whole, no mundane, everything was, was, uh, was uh, was perfect and uh, and uh, and and sublime, and just quickly to say something on on Pekudek, perhaps on the very first word of uh, of the parsha, Eilef Pekudea Mishkan 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 Haedus. So it is very very interesting. Orachayim Hakadosh on the first on the first word. So he says uh, the whole building, every single thing that was done. In the manufacture, in the service of the Mishkan, was directly related to somehow gaining atonement for the Jewish nation from the sin of the uh, of the Egel Azahav of the uh, of the golden golden calf. He says the word Elef These first two words of of Bekudei correspond to the words that we had in last week's parsha, where the Jews were were. Dancing around the Egel, and they were saying, "Ele lahecha Yisrael, this is your God. The one Ele uh, uh, is is uh, atones for the for the other." That's what the Aruchim Kodesh says. What what does it mean? What is the what is the same word? Are we playing are we playing word games here? There has to be some kind of a of of a, of an understanding. So, saw in a sefer and sefer called Be'eroi. That he says that the whole concept. What what is ele? So we see elsewhere. Sometimes the Torah says the word ele, and sometimes it says ve'ele. Says whenever the word says whenever the Torah says the word ele, it's something totally new. It's a 
it's uh, no longer involved with what was written before. We're starting a whole new, whole new chapter, a whole new discussion, completely and totally unrelated, and sometimes even you know, a whole new track from what we're speaking before. And ve'ele is always is always a continuation of what uh, of what uh, of what happened before, right? When it says ele, it's, it's almost like an an exclusion of. Of the, of the other things that were described before, otherwise it could have also used the word ze or zois rather than the word rather than the word uh, the word ele. And the concept is that the 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 whole sin the avera of the egel azav, where the Jewish nation created some thing that was in their own mind meant to whatever was replace God replace. Uh, 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 Moshe Rabbeinu was a very, very serious Avera because it was Ele Lech Yisrael. The Ele uh, 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 counteracted and, and cancelled all, everything that existed until until now. This this Egel, this the item that you're now serving is now to the exclusion of what you had until until now. No, the Schet of the Egel is is changing from what you had until now. You're, you're kind of distancing yourself from God and involved in that. And, and, and in order to do the tikkun, in order to atone for it, now there has to be an ele pakude. You have to totally and completely distance yourself from the values of ele lehecha, whatever it was, whatever these foreign influences, whatever these foreign thoughts, whatever these foreign desires that Jews had to, to get involved in, in this service, the only way you could act, ever rectify it was Ela Fakude, was to totally devote yourself, throw yourself into the Mishkan mentality where you're totally surrounded, you're totally devoted, totally dedicated in everything you do to, to Hashem, and only then could one begin to have a, an atonement for, for that. We're going to come back afterwards with our usual halacha slot, uh, still on activities forbidden on Shabbos when done illegally. But in the meantime, we're going to go to the shops. Please don't run away. This is Soul to Soul on 11.9 High FM on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 High FM. We are back on your radio here on Friday afternoon here in, in Johannesburg. As I mentioned, this week is Parshas, Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Vayakel Pekude, the, the Siyum on Sefer, on Sefer Shemot. The important times you need to remember for this week, well, we have finally been wrenched away from our 615 sort of comfort zone, which we've been in for virtually the last four, four months. Uh, this week, the latest time for lighting Shabbos candles is 13 minutes past six. That's the absolute latest time is six six uh, thirteen. Uh, sunset is then 18 minutes later at six at six thirty one. Uh, we need to yeah finish. We need to be all ready by 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 that time by six thirteen at candle lighting time. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends. To, uh, tomorrow night at one minute past seven seven or one as I mentioned it is Shabbos Mavarchin. Uh we're going to announce the and herald the coming of Rosh Chodesh Nisan which please God will be next next uh, Shabbos so next Shabbos is going to be a, a triple 
header, it's going to be the Pasha of the week, which will be Vayikra. It's going to be a Rosh Chodesh, and it's also going to be the last of the four special readings, uh, uh, the uh, Pashat HaChodesh, so it's going to be a, a, a three Sefer Torah banner kind of, uh, kind of, kind of day. And as I said, this week's also Pashat Parah with this special uh, Haftarah, so if you're scheduled to be reading the Haftarah this week, make sure you prepared the, the right, the right one. We've been talking for the last week about uh, issues of uh, activities that are happening on on Shabbos, uh, where there is involved uh, breaking of of, uh, of Shabbos and uh, and how we handle how we handle that. So we uh, we were touching about the whole question. We spoke last week about inviting inviting. Uh, Guests for for Shabbat and the two different attitudes as to whether one can or can't uh, uh, do that on Shabbos, where you know that they're going to be uh, be traveling. Let's say, even though uh, uh, you know, uh, they might come to you for a Shabbos meal and then and then travel home. And we brought the two schools of thought that as long as you offer them the opportunity to stay for Shabbat and there's a realistic way they could, if they wanted to have a accommodation and stay over in the area, uh, if they if they choose then if they choose nevertheless to go to go home, that that isn't your problem. Others are are, are stricter uh, uh, about it. Um, a similar kind of situation would would be, you know, the the whole question of uh, family simchas, let's say, particularly it, it, it seems to be a, a, a very big issue around uh, around, let's say, bar mitzvahs where we want to uh, make a, a bar mitzvah in shul on, uh, on, on, on Shabbos uh, and again, it becomes a problem where if you know that not all the relatives are, are religious and there are people that are going to arrive uh, at shul by by uh, by motor by motor car, and it's it's a, it's a real it's a real problem because one could argue that by fixing the bar mitzvah for that day on 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 Shabbos and knowing the family of course wants to be there and wants to participate in a in a family. Uh, simcha, uh, 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 so you're almost adding, acting as as somehow uh, aiding and embedding and encouraging these people to to break Shabbos and uh, and, uh, and 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 travel by, by the fact that you that you are inviting them and 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 setting up setting the date for the for the bar mitzvah on that on that uh, on that day. There are some who say that even in that situation, it still is permitted because, look, uh, uh, the thinking goes, these people are going to travel anyway. Right? They're not going to stay at home. They're going to go to the mall. They're going to go to the, you know, to play golf. Whatever it is that people do who are not keeping Shabbos, they're going to do. And uh, you know, this way, they're, at least they're traveling to, to shul. And certainly the... Members of the short leadership and 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 the rank and file members never asked them to to travel to come to shul. Probably on the on the contrary, they'd be uh, much happier if all these guests would uh, 
would would walk to shul and and, and come uh, come on foot and not and not uh, not drive. So there again two ways of 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 looking of looking at it. I mean practically practically speaking, and that's why there are some people who, knowing when that is the situation, will endeavor to find some way maybe to uh, to look for another opportunity to make a, a bar mitzvah where it wouldn't involve a Shabbos. You know, there are often days during the week where, we, you know, we read the Torah every Monday and, and Thursday, and sometimes there are extended periods where we read uh, you know, on Hanukkah, we read for eight days straight, and there's Rosh Chodesh, and there are different occasions where where during the week we we read the Torah, and perhaps uh, for the child to be called to the Torah, to read the Torah, and to have the, the, the shul-type celebration on, on, on a weekday where that would avoid the problem, that would avoid the problem uh, uh, totally in that uh, in that in that situation, uh, practically speaking, if that is not uh, if that is not going to happen, and it's going to happen on on uh, on Shabbos, and the and non-religious relatives, uh, you know, are are going to uh, you know want to be present and want to honor the shul, and uh, you know they will at least be sensitive enough. Not to do any flagrant acts of of breaking Shabbos in the shul, you know, no sort of no sort of cameras, no sort of phones, nothing that that really really flies in the face of uh, of of the holiness of uh, of of Shabbos. So, yeah, in, in most in most circles, certainly in the, in the shuls here in South Africa, the custom has always been that we do have the 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 bar mitzvah in shul on. Uh, on, on Shabbos, but again, would be possible to suggest to them to uh, to make another plan and do it not on Shabbos, you know, to do a to a call get called up to the Torah on, on a Monday or Thursday. So then, uh, that would be that would be uh, better. There is also a discussion around the Brit Milah that's supposed to take place on on Shabbos, but that of course. Is is much much more more uh, difficult uh, because uh, because uh, obviously a Brit that's on its eighth day uh, schedule for Shabbos uh, should be done on 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 that on that day. But again, uh, a certain kind of sensitivity uh, is is uh, is again uh, certainly uh, to be to be uh, to be called for. We're going to come back with some closing comments in a moment, but uh, please don't run away yet, well, the show isn't over. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. Stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, we are back for just another few minutes together. Thank you so much for being part of our radio family, and uh, it's so good to have you on board. Please, if there are any comments that you need to make, be they constructive or or just good good feedbacks that you know, you know we're sitting here in the in the studio together and uh, you know one doesn't uh, one doesn't really know what what's going on out there who's listening what's listening what do they want to hear what's what's happening please make an effort to be in touch with the station uh, in such a way that we will get the feedback or you can always be in direct contact with me 
uh, my number is pretty much out there. I think people uh, uh, can get it if they if they want to, and we'd love to know how it is that you are that you are experiencing the uh, the the show, and that's something that we really want to uh, to to work on and and get uh, get more more feedback and more input from from you. Uh, another very important issue in terms of uh, things that are happening on Shabbos and whether they are or aren't permitted uh, relates to things that are going on that are set up on before Shabbos and sort of carry on on Shabbos. I'm talking things particularly, let's say, uh, a, a person runs a, a concession where he sets up what I call it uh, the dispensing machines, you know, a machine you can uh, put some coins in and uh, get a tin of Coke or get a, a, a snack bar or, or, or something something like that and uh, the machine spits out the, the correct uh, drink or the correct, uh, or the correct uh, 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 food. So if a, a Jew is the proprietor of the of that machinery. So, what is the issue of uh, of getting benefit of, of being able to uh, you know use the money that comes in on on Shabbos? So, there the 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 ruling seems to be that if most of the uh, customers in that area, most of the clients who would buy from that machine, would be Jews, so then. Uh, you would have to turn the machine off and make it uh, make it not usable on uh, on Shabbos. Because again, by by having your machine running and and knowing that uh, uh, Jews are are the predominant customers, you are also then somehow providing them with the means of uh, of breaking of breaking Shabbos. However, if it's in a really sort of pedestrian area where most of the clientele are not are not uh, are not Jewish, then you don't have an obligation to turn the machine off on uh, on uh, on Shabbos. You could uh, you could uh, keep it on, and that's brought down in the Shmir uh, Shabbos Kilchasa. And similarly, the money which uh, the non-Jewish patrons will will put in to the machine to buy their their uh their uh items wouldn't have the the status of of Shabbos, of money being made for activity on on Shabbos because the truth is the they're paying not for the working of the machine they're paying for the cost of the of the objects that they're that they're that they're buying, uh, uh, they're, and and therefore one is allowed to uh, one is allowed to use that that money. Uh, as regards things like uh, websites or internet buying sites where people uh, where that where business and commerce is going on on Shabbos, it's a bit of a little little bit of a longer discussion. Uh, and looking at the clock, I don't think we're going to manage to get through that uh, today. So we'll pique your curiosity and hopefully uh, uh, cajole you to come back and join us, uh, please God, next Friday for the next uh, installment 
in in our in our ongoing in our ongoing discussion. Uh, just uh, before we take leave, just to obviously uh, like you know that there there will be news in three minutes at three o'clock. Uh, good news stories, of course, because that's what we try to fill you with before 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 Shabbos, and then we're going to have the the chief rabbi's uh, Arab Shabbos message, of course. This is uh, the day before the Sinai and Daba. I'm sure many of you are going to be going and participating and, and being inspired by some of these amazing speakers that uh, that have come to town. Are going to be part and are going to be around. They're going to be around on on Shabbos and many many of the shuls, and they'll all be at the Indaba. And there's quite a lot of hype and quite a lot of excitement, and it should be an amazing, entertaining, inspiring, enlightening. And as I've heard the word used so many times, an ability to connect with each other, an ability to connect with our Kaddish Baruch Hu, and, and uh, as a kind of a springboard for us as we move onward and upward from Adar to Nisan to make it a, a real change, to make it a real, a real, uh, a moment of uh, wow, a moment of, of great, of great Aliyah in our, in our lives. Anyway, in the meantime, just last moment just to wish each and every one of you a beautiful beautiful Shabbat Shabbat Nevarchim try to get the shul if you can and just to wish you each and every one of you a Shabbat Shabbat a Shabbat of wonderful rest of wonderful tranquility wonderful peace of mind of family time together of a bit of time to just get off the train and think a little bit open open your mind and please God look forward to being together with you next week and in the meantime to each and every one of you Shabbat Shalom